Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this atmosphere. Thank you, Lord, for the people on this line. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you brought me through personally, God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the people on this line who have a heart to seek you and to find you and to be elevated and to seek all that you have in store for them. God, I thank you for them. God, I thank you for the leaders on this line. I thank you for this church, God. I thank you for my own ministry. I thank you, Lord God, for every opportunity to spread your word, Lord God. I just thank you, Father, that you are all powerful and you have all power in your hands and you change lives every day. Lord, I thank you. I can run to you and be safe. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to acknowledge all the leaders on this line. Thank you. God bless you. I always want to do that because I know you guys work hard. God bless you. God bless you. I had a completely different teaching I was going to do tonight, but the Lord put something else in my spirit. Praise God. And I pray that you will receive it and that um, you will be blessed. And I believe you will because God is just so wise, so wise. And in his infinite wisdom, he designed you for your purpose you for your purpose no one is just a bystander on the road of life thank you jesus we ought to be active participants in life as we fulfill our purpose praise god i didn't say a purpose i said our purpose each one of us has a purpose as god has orchestrated and called us into his plan for our lives praise god what is purpose? When you look up the word purpose and you look at the noun version, it says the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. The reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Praise God. So why do we exist? What's our purpose? Purpose is similar to function. When you look up the noun version of function, it says the kind of action or activity proper to a person, thing or institution, the purpose for which something is designed or exists. In other words, it's role. So we got purpose and we have function. So what's really the difference between the two? This is how I think of it. I think of it as. You have a car. The purpose of any car, I don't care how much it costs where you bought it from, is to get you from point A to point B. That's the purpose. But when you have the function of the car, if it malfunctions along the purpose, you're not going anywhere. You have been taken off of your purpose because it has malfunctioned. You're sidelined. The engine has blown up. What have you. That function is not functioning it's a malfunction what does that mean for us so when god has given you a purpose and for whatever reason you have a malfunction you're not fulfilling your purpose spiritually so if we don't protect our anointing and our calling we may experience a spiritual malfunction many have Many have left ministry altogether. They didn't fulfill that purpose. And when you go to look at ministry and people who have left ministry over the past several years, when you look at Shepherd Watch, for example, which is a popular website, you look at Shepherd Watch, you look at Lifeway Facts and Trends, it tells us that over 4,000 churches have closed in America as of 2019. 4,000 churches and so that's estimated to be around 250 to 1700 pastors that left ministry every month in 2019 think about that for a minute 250 to 1700 pastors per month per month what happened I'm sure many of them started out they had hopes dreams of fulfilling their calling they had zeal 
They had a sense of purpose. They were familiar with the scripture that says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 3.14. We've been hearing that one all our lives. So why did they stop pressing? Why did they stop pressing? That's a lot of people per month. According to the United Church of Christ Center for Analytics Research and Data, you're looking at 3,800 to 7,700 churches that close every year. That comes down to somewhere between 75 to 150 congregations per week as of 2019. Now, of course, depending upon which website or research data you look at, those numbers may vary, but it's still an awful lot of people not fulfilling their ministry purpose or their purpose in general. Now, these statistics are, they're staggering, to be quite honest. So my question is, why did they quit? Why did they quit? They read the same word we read. They had access to the same God we have, assuming so. I'm sure many of them would give different answers to why they left. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not pointing a finger at anybody. I don't know their situation. I don't know these people. I'm just simply reporting. Maybe some of them returned. Don't know. But I do know this. We all have a purpose as God has called us. So I'm just simply saying that's that's a problem. And another thing, I don't know about you guys, but I'm so tired of turning on the television or radio and hearing about men and women in the faith falling and leaving the faith for various reasons. Uh, for some, they might have gone to the wrong place and got caught up in something. They allowed the wrong people around them and got caught up in something. They had challenges they never really overcame, maybe. They let the wrong people in their inner circle, perhaps. They toured around with sin, thinking that somehow no one would find out. That happens quite a bit. We just had a pastor up in New York, and one of the largest churches in the world, removed from office, I believe it was earlier this month, late last month, for sexual immorality. And of course, I'm not going to mention his name. Y'all know I don't do that. But it just goes to show you, everybody had a call. All these people had a purpose. And so, thinking about them, that's one thing. What about us? What about us who are running the race? The Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that, might, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Romans 8, 28 to 31. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, I want to encourage you to protect your anointing and your calling protect your anointing and your calling god called us for his purpose sometimes along the way we might feel some doubt we may feel like we can't make it we may feel like we're struggling but guess what he made a promise he said he shall supply all our need according to his riches and glory by christ jesus that's philippians 4:19 and furthermore, think about what Paul told Timothy. He said in <coughs> excuse me, Second Timothy, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, 
which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Verse 11. Watch this. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. That's 2 Timothy 1, verse 6 to 11. It says he was appointed. Who appointed him? Was it the Assemblies of God where I came from? No. Was it the Southern Baptist Convention? No. God himself appoints. I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Praise God. That's God who does the calling. That's God who does the appointing. And maybe that's part of the problem. <laughs> maybe some of these people was called and appointed by the wrong people. Because God is the one who should be doing that. These are his offices, not ours. For example, Ephesians 4.11, it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. He who, it says, and he gave some. That's God himself. That's God himself. So whatever God called you to do, I would encourage you to make sure you stay the course. Stay the course. If God calls you to do it, you stay the course, you do it. He's not going to call you into something so that you can fail. If you fail, that's not on him. Fulfill what has been placed in your hands. Maybe it's not in the fivefold ministry. Maybe it's something else God wants to do in you to fulfill his purpose for your life. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave. Whether thou goest. That's Ecclesiastes 9.10. And that, that scripture, <coughs> excuse me. I love that scripture. I've been reading that for many years. Many years. Because it's true. Whatever it is that you're doing for God, do it with all your might. We work hard every day we go to work. And we look forward to a reward other than our check. We look for elevation. We look for a promotion. We look for recognition. How much more will God recognize you? You're working for him. You're doing the work of God. And you're working hard. And you you close and you listening to what he has to tell you. You're working for the master. God's calling will often put you right in the middle of pressure. Pressure that will make you stronger and wiser. You can't run from the pressure because it's only going to be for your good. So just accept it. And so as you read Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I read that a few minutes ago. Because it's true, because I can I can testify to that, that I've been in some situations where I felt nothing but pressure. And often I thought, oh, man, you know, what? I just want to quit. Why am I doing this? I'm sure there's some other things that I could be doing because of that pressure. But lo and behold, stay in the course. It made me stronger. It made me wiser. And not only that, it put me in a situation so that when I saw someone else who was going through the same thing, I can impart the little wisdom I had and help them through what they were going through. And that made me feel like I did something worthwhile, praise God, because pressure is not all bad. I'll give you an example. You know, there are several ways, you know, you see women, they're walking around, they wear these beautiful diamond necklaces, these earrings. They have these titties bracelets. And you think, well, man, how how did they get those diamonds? What happened with those diamonds? See, some diamonds are formed 90 miles deep into the Earth's crust. They're called mantle diamonds, where the temperature and the pressure is the greatest. And so the only way those diamonds are going to form is it has to be down in the Earth's crust where the temperature is the greatest. So over time, that diamond is formed. And when there's a volcanic eruption, those diamonds, it takes a while. They surface up. They come up to the surface. So we're kind of the same way where that pressure, that heat, we feel like sometimes we can't, we can't stand it. We want to run from it. But 
Look at the end result, though, when you go through it. How much stronger are you? How much wiser are you? How much can you go back and tell somebody else? Hey, brother, I've been through that. Hey, sister, I've been through that. I've seen, I seen that before. Let me tell you what God is going to do for you. But you just stay in the heat of the battle. You just stay in that pressure. Stay in that pressure and watch and see what God will do for you. Watch and see. No, no, no. Don't run from it. Don't quit. Watch. I've been through that too many times. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so we have to protect what God has placed you, what God has placed in you and protect where God has put you. You know, if he tells you to move, you better move. <laughs> but I'm not talking about when he tells you to move. I'm talking about he'll put you in a situation where you can only you can't look sideways. You can't look behind. You can't look forward. You can only look up. Praise God. You can only look up. And so look up at him. Praise God. So we have to be careful. We have to be careful when God calls you. It's not business as usual. Not anymore. No, the Christian walk is not a casual walk. You talking about spiritual things, spiritual things. And you talking about getting deep into the trenches and praying through some things and reading and, and getting closer to God. It's not a casual walk. So what happens when you accept the call and begin to walk in your purpose, what happens? So I want to share with you guys several fundamental keys I utilize in my daily walk. Now, listen, this list could be all exhaustive, but I just picked out a few that helps me. And I don't really veer from this list. I really don't. And so I hope these keys bless you as they have blessed me in my effort to keep my anointing fresh. And my mind focused on the things of God. Here's number one. Now, see, the devil, he he think he's slick. He, he tried to be slick. But I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something right here. Number one. I don't care what anybody tells you. I don't care what you feel like. I don't care if you're sitting in a corner depressed. I don't care what your friends say. Let me tell you something. You are not alone. Because it's the enemy's job to try to make you feel like you isolated when you go through some things. I'm telling you this, this. I'm being transparent. These are some things I went through. That's where I get these keys from. And so it is and it has always been the devil's plan to attempt to isolate the saints and pick us off one by one. I've seen this too many times. I got a bunch of sisters. They're ministers too. And they're some prayer warriors. And growing up under them and you know that my family had a street ministry many years ago when I was a, a, a kid coming up through high school and college. And let me tell you, I've seen some crazy stuff like I'm sure many of you have. But he tried to get you alone and make you think there's nobody there like you don't really have a support system. But here's the problem for him. You have the entire host of heaven, including the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost with all the angels on your side, not to mention your brothers and sisters in Christ. Even when you feel isolated, you are not. So don't be tricked by the enemy. You're not isolated. You are not alone. The devil is a liar. Remember Ephesians 6. It says, Apostle Paul explained this metaphorical armor. And here's what happened. Paul in Ephesians 6 starts to tell us about the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, gird your lawns with truth, shod your feet with the preparation of gospel of peace. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever in your life ever heard of one single soldier in an army? You think that armor is for one of us? You have an entire army on your side. We all are supposed to put on that metaphorical armor. So when the devil comes and makes you think nobody's going to believe you, you all alone. Nobody's going to understand where you're coming from. And he just begins to try to pick you off. And make you doubt he's a liar remember that he's a liar and think about Moses when Moses was called by God to lead the enslaved children of Israel out of bondage he had to go back to the place he fled Egypt he had to go back the place where he killed an Egyptian and several people saw him do it so he was scared he ran so some 40 years later the Lord tells him wait a minute go back to Egypt 
And so if you read Exodus 3, and I'm going to read some of this, it says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him on a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked. And behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and he have heard and, I, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Now, watch verse 10. He says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, God gave him purpose right there. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth thy people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now he has purpose. But what does Moses do? Moses says, verse 11, And Moses said unto God, Who am I, that I should go unto Pharaoh? And that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. So now Moses needs reassurance because Moses is thinking, wait a minute. Um, I'm just the, I'm just a guy. I'm, I mean, who am I? So God reassures him by saying, and he says, certainly I will be with thee. That changes everything. He tells Moses, you're not going to be alone. Certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come, see, now he has confidence. When I come, see, before he was like, wait a minute, <coughs> I don't know about all that. Now he's saying, oh, you coming with me? I'm not going to be by myself. Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? Now, Moses accepted the call, didn't he? He accepted it right there. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thou shalt, thou, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. See, now they're in agreement. Moses had to accept the call and do what God asked him to do. He feels better now. Wait a minute. I am is coming with me. Oh, this is a different ball game. And I am is with you too every day. No matter what you go through, no matter what you call to do, I am is right there with all of us. Praise God. 15, I finished out, finished out on 15. Amen. It says, and God said moreover unto Moses, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob have sent me unto the, unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. Praise God. Hallelujah. So Moses got encouragement. Moses realized, wait a minute, I'm not alone. And not only that, he allowed, he being God, allowed Aaron, Moses' brother, to speak on Moses' behalf sometimes because Moses was like, wait a minute, I can't even hardly speak. <laughs> but he let his brother handle speaking for Moses as well. So every obstacle, and we know the story, every obstacle Moses faced, he was never alone. He was not isolated. He had backup and lots of it. So do we. And God, by his obedience, by his obedience, staying the course 
God rewarded him by making him a powerful prophet. He talked mouth to mouth, which is to say face to face with God. God gave him the tablets of stone. God made him a powerful shepherd. Uh, God made him an author of Psalm 90. And um, not only that, I mean, his staff is known today as the rod of God. And so, I mean, God equipped him and protected him and sent him not by himself. We're never by ourselves. I mean, God really equipped this man to be who he needed to be. His equipping matched his call. We're the same way. God calls you what he equips you with will match your call. Hallelujah. You know, and, and a personal story, praise God. And a personal story, I remember I worked for government for several years. And I got tired of working for government. <laughs> I wanted to go back to the private sector. And so one of my army buddies, she said to me, well, you know, why don't you go ahead and apply for this other job over here? So I did. And so uh, I applied for the job. Um, it just so happened that the job I applied for, the person who recommended I apply for the job was good friends with the vice president of the company. So I went in there, interviewed and everything. And so this would have been a totally new industry. Well, not completely new, but it was like tangential to what I was already doing. But it would have been a big step up for me. And I'm like, well, you know what? If I don't believe God and at least try, then I'll never know. So, God, I'm going to put this in your hands because I'm just going to go in there. I'm going to apply my interview and we're going to see. I'm just going to trust you, God. And if it's not for me, guess what? You have something else for me. It's all good. So, lo and behold, two, three days later, I get a phone call. It's the vice president. And she says to me, well, aside from, you know, the people that that uh, recommended you and everything, we looked at your credentials and we went into all of that. And she says, well, I'd like to offer you the job. And so I took the job. I was happy to get home. I called up my, my buddy and I'm, I'm all of a sudden fear came over me. And so she says to me, well, what's your problem? And I tell her, I'm like, well, you know, this is not something I've ever done before. I've done something similar, but they're asking me to come in and manage part of this particular section over here and she says to me one sentence and it changed my perspective she said Jonathan God will equip you for the job it's simple it's a simple phrase I get it but it changed my entire outlook on walking into that job and when I walked into that job I walked in and they had made me a specialist. Within three months, I had my own department. And my, the vice president was like, no, you go hire your own people. In three months, here's your department. And I stayed there for several years until I got promoted into something else. And so what I'm saying is God calls you. He will equip you for the job. We need to be sensitive. Hallelujah. We need to be sensitive to his call and know that, you know, a plant doesn't grow overnight. It has to be watered. It has to be nourished. The sun has to hit it, but it's going to grow. But you have to stay the course and then look back late and say, oh, my God, look where I came from. Look at that. and Look at me now. God will do that for you. But we got to stay the course. Praise God. Key number two. Hallelujah. Persevere. Persevere and perseverance. That's key number two. What does that mean? The noun version. Continue in a course of action, even in the face of difficulty or with little or no prospect of success. Continue in a course of action, even in the face of difficulty or with little or no prospect of success. In other words, it's saying continue on, even though you have little hope. <laughs> Continue on. You persevere. So when doors close, you have to persevere and keep the faith. When people you love the most turn their back on you, you have to trust and believe God has a plan. When your opportunities become less, you know what you do? You persevere. Hallelujah. You believe God. Some closed doors 
are not even permanent. They're just closed at that time during that season. But that doesn't mean they're going to be closed to you permanently. I'm a living witness to that. So you just don't lose hope. You got to keep going. Keep going. Um, <clears throat> I've been in several situations where doors were closed to me at that time. But I didn't give up. Had I given up, I doubt those doors would have opened when they did finally open. But you got to stay the course. And remember that you're called. You're not just somebody doing a job. God called you to this. So he's going to make a way for you. It may not be the way you imagine, but it's going to be the way he knows is best for you. Praise God. And so in thinking of this, one of my favorite scriptures is when Jesus had cursed a fig tree and he commanded that nothing grow on it again. And Peter saw the fig tree the next morning as they walked. And Peter was like, look, Jesus, hey, that fig tree that you cursed is dried up from the roots. And what did Jesus say to him? Have faith in God. Four of the most powerful words put together in the entire 66 books of the Bible. Have faith in God. Praise God. No one said when you're called into service by God, you would not have any challenges and the world would love you. <laughs> in fact, it's the complete opposite. The world does not love you because of who you represent. That's just fact. But what we do as Christians, we pray until we get our breakthrough. We don't give up. And so you don't look at what's in the natural. You got to look with spiritual eyes. Because if you look at everything in the natural, you're going to be very disappointed just about every day. But that's why we have our hope. That's why we have faith. Because we don't live by sight anyway. We walk by faith. Praise God. And so one scripture I absolutely love is when Gehazi was with Elisha. And here's what happened in 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 15 through 17. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, and host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Hallelujah. You want to talk about perseverance, perseverance in the face of little hope. We have to open our eyes and see that they who are with us are greater than those who are against us. Praise God. We just have to open our spiritual eyes and perseverance. I can't think of another person right offhand, a person who had to persevere more than our big brother Joseph, who at 17 years old was betrayed by his own family who plotted to kill him. They allowed jealousy and hatred to overcome them. But what the devil meant for evil, God turned into a blessing and elevation. Joseph persevered. He had multiple opportunities to give up. We know that from his story in Genesis 37. And verse 8 reads this. It says, and when they, verse 18, and when they saw him afar off, talking about his brothers, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. These are his brothers. And they said one to another, behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say some evil beast hath devoured him. And we shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, his big brother Reuben. His, and Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into the pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass, when Joseph was come unto his brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat 
and his coat of many colors that was on him. Of course, that was given to him from his father. And they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit, pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat and they sat down to eat bread. And they lifted up their eyes and looked. And behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Joseph said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him unto the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brethren were content. And there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit, and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. And Reuben returned unto the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes. And he returned unto his brother and said, The child is not, and I, whither shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat and killed the kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father, and said, This have we found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it, and said, It is my son's coat, an evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes, and put sackcloth upon his loins, and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. And the Midianites sold him into Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's and captain of the guard. But <laughs> God had a plan. Joseph went through all of that. Ended up being number two in Egypt. I mean, took over a whole prison, running the place, managing it. And see, that's just the thing. When the devil come against us and he try to destroy our destiny, God always has another plan. See, because God is God and he has all power in his hand and he can change a thing right quick. <laughs> right quick. Praise God. Hallelujah. Joseph, man of God persevered through so many things and ended up even prophesying and telling <clears throat> excuse me king about dreams and explaining spiritual things joseph man of perseverance i love that character praise god so that's two keys number three be alert be ready be alert be ready when i think of this i imagine myself as a in a runner stance down with two fingers on the ground getting ready to run when i hear the signal to go we have to be ready we have to be alert ready to go where he leads us as he is the good shepherd last time i sat around with you we talked about um the good shepherd from psalm 23 jesus is that good shepherd so we got to be ready at all times we got to be ready to go where he leads us and be ready for his return the bible says 1st corinthians 16 13 be on the alert stand firm in the faith act like men be strong colossians 4 2 devote yourselves to prayer keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving 1st thessalonians 5 verse 6 says so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. Romans 13, 11. Do this, knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. Luke 12, 35-38. Be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. Be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. 
Truly I say to you that he will gird himself to serve and have them recline at the table and will come up and wait on them. Luke 21, 36 says, but keep on the alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and to stand before the son of man. First Peter 5, 8 and very popular one that even children know. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Mark 13, verse 33. Take ye heed, watch and pray. Watch and pray, for ye know not when the time is, for the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning. Lest, coming suddenly, he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. We got to stay on the wall, y'all. We got to watch. We got to pray. We got to be alert. Don't be found sleeping. Amen. Because I'm telling you right now, God's coming soon and we have so many things that we need to be doing in the kingdom. You have to take care of your call and protect that anointing. Stay alert. Praise God. Number four. Your surroundings matter. Your surroundings matter. Be wise about who you will allow in your inner circle. And I'm, I'm saying this, but I'm also I'm saying it to myself and I'm speaking from experience. Be wise about who you allow into your inner circle. Your inner circle is not for everyone who wants access. Not at all. I mean, some folks are afraid to step on toes. They're afraid to, to say, hey, look, I, I don't have time for that right now. I got to go. They're afraid to offend people. But let me tell you something. When you're anointing and your call is 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 important to you you won't be too afraid to tell people i'll see you later i'll talk to you at another time you can't let everybody in i'm sorry there's a reason why your door got a lock on it <laughs> it has a lock on it because you don't let everybody in you don't let everybody into your inner circle not at all it's just like this at the beginning of a boxing match you hear the referee say something very important to both fighters you know what he says he says this Protect yourself at all times. That's what he tells every fighter. And, and we in the army of the Lord. And guess what we got to do? Protect ourselves at all times. Don't be sleeping. Just because she's smiling at you and winking and, she, and you all blushing and you let your guard down. Be crazy if you want to. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, you better protect yourself at all times. And so we have to do the same. We have to do the same. If you don't protect your inner circle, you could suffer all kinds of terrible consequences. I'm telling you, you could end up with someone who is jealous and they try to spread lies about you that will damage your testimony, your character and your reputation. I'm here to tell you, your inner circle should be people who you can trust, people who you could depend on for prayer. People that you might be able to tell some secret thing and you know it's not going anywhere because we let the wrong people in. I'm here to tell you. I'm, I'm telling you from experience because I have done that when I was younger. I let the wrong people in. I'm here to tell you. And I look, I paid a price for that. But see, when you get older, hopefully you get wiser. Not everybody does. But now I know. Praise God. And so. Proverbs 19.9 says, a false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish. We got to be careful. Again, I, I can't stress enough how important it is to limit access to you. That is important. And being a single man, I run into all types of women professing to be Christian, only to discern later they were not who they portrayed themselves to be. I'm here to tell you. Everybody toting the Bible ain't living Bible. I'm going to tell you that right now. They are not. Not at all. Some of them in ministry because they mama them was in ministry or they daddy them was in ministry. And they were expected to follow that same profession. But that doesn't mean 
that they are who they say they are. And that's just real. And so, I mean, it could be a person who came as an angel light, but they're the complete opposite. And just keep in mind now, the devil ain't going to send you someone that you immediately find repulsive. He's not going to do that. No, they're going to be dressed up with a bow on it just the way you like it. I'm here to tell you right now. And you're going to be looking, you're going to be thinking, but you better use some wisdom and discernment. I'm just telling you, church. And so he's going to use people that you think are trustworthy. You know what? Real talk. It could even be family members. It could even be family members. I'm here to tell you. It could be. People have ulterior motives. So we have to watch. And so the best way to handle some of this stuff, you're going to pray. And uh, see, some Christians, and I'm not picking on anybody, and I'm not pointing the finger, but this is just true. Some Christians will pray about something, but then they don't wait on the answer. They automatically start thinking, well, I prayed about it, so we'll just see what happened. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, if you've been hit across the head a few times, uh, maybe then you'll learn. No, you pray and you wait on the answer. And so Proverbs 18 verse 24 says a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's the type of person you let in your inner circle. Proverbs 16, 28, a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. Proverbs 13, 20, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Proverbs 12, 26. And I'm reading from the ESV, y'all. One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Proverbs 3, 32. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. 1 Corinthians 15, 34. It says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up from your drunken stupor as is right and do not go on sinning. For some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Praise God. Hallelujah. And um, I'll say this too on this point before I leave this point. I'll say this. You let negative Nancy stay on the bus stop. Leave negative Nancy alone. When you speak faith, negative Nancy, she's going to always throw out some doubt. You know, you, you tell negative Nancy your dreams if you want to. And I've been guilty. I'm being real. You tell negative Nancy your dreams. Before that conversation is over, you, you're questioning your own dream. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to tell you because she's going to be like, look, how you know you can accomplish that? Well, why don't you do it this way? Well, why don't you do it that way? That's why you don't let negative Nancy in your inner circle. You got to avoid these type of people because they will try to tear down your faith talk. That is who they are. And another person you don't let in your inner circle, nosy Nathan. You leave nosy Nathan alone. Nosy Nathan Try to get a foothold in everything you do. Man, how much you paid for your car? How much was your house? Well, why is your wife doing such and such? Why is your wife doing this? Why is your wife dressed this way? Well, I mean, that's Nose and Nathan. I've met both of them <laughs> multiple times. And those are not the people you want in your inner circle. What you do is you pray for them, but you keep it business. I mean, you keep it rolling. There is a reason why your business is called your business don't put them in your business i'm here to tell you because they're gonna make they're gonna give you a headache because they talk too much and they'll be talking about your business and one thing i mean my my parents are from georgia southern georgia way back in the day and one thing that uh my grandmama used to always say honey if a dog will bring a bone he'll take one don't tell nobody your business <laughs> and it's true you have to be careful what you tell and who you tell it to. And so if Isaiah 26, 3 says that he'll keep him in perfect peace, whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. So we just keep our minds on the Lord, leave negative Nancy and nosy Nathan alone and just keep it moving. We got to stay on post 
and don't be moved. Fifth key, faith, faith. If you're going to accomplish what God has for you, you're going to accomplish your call. You're not going to do it without faith. You got to have faith. What can you do in the kingdom or even for the kingdom without faith? What? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You got to have faith. The words spoken over you will come to pass. You got to have faith. The petitions you requested will come to pass. That's first John five. Have faith. The strongholds you pull down will stay down. Everything you do in the kingdom requires faith. My former pastor, and I know several pastors say this, but I remember uh, distinctly my former pastor used to say, faith is the currency of heaven. You got to spend it. So in other words, you got to exercise your faith because faith in God will change many situations as we all know. And I know that a lot of these things I'm saying, a lot of you guys already know, this is just a revisit to fundamentals. That's all it is. But we need that. It's just like I used to be a baseball player. And my coach used to always say, Hill, don't forget your fundamentals. Don't forget your fundamentals. Because I had a very, very strong arm. And I just sling the rock like it was nobody's business. But I might not have the right particular technique when I do it. Because I grew up, you know, a really strong kid. And I played baseball for, for a while. And so he always used to tell us, remember your fundamentals. So we got to remember our fundamentals, church. We got to remember our fundamentals. One of those fundamentals is your faith like hebrews 11 1 says now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen first john 5 4 for whatever is born of god overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith and i already met, read to you mark eleven twenty two. have faith in god have faith in god hebrews 1 6 but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Matthew seventeen twenty, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place. And it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible to you. And I repeat, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Praise God. Now, every time I think about faith and I want examples, I immediately go to Hebrews 11. When I, I read Hebrews 11, and it talks about these pillars of the, quote, faith, these powerful strong men and women of God and the things they went to it always encourages me and it uplifts my spirit and I have an appreciation for what these men and women did throughout their lifetime standing up to evil and exercising their faith and so I'm going to read some of this from uh, Hebrews 11 I start with verse 23 it says by faith Moses when he was born was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment by faith Moses when he was come to years refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter 25 choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a re for a season esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward 27 by faith he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Amen. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Japheth, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. They did all that by faith. 
Verse 34. <clears throat> Quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Waxed valiant in flight. In fight. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead. Raised to life again. And others were tortured. Not accepting deliverance. That they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment, they were stoned. We know Paul was stoned. They were sawn asunder. Now that's Isaiah. Because we know the evil king Manasseh, Hezekiah's son, sawed Isaiah in half. That's how he killed Isaiah. Uh, they were tempted, were slain with the sword. We know that the Levites were slain with the swords. They were wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, <coughs> similar to John the Baptist, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Of whom the world was not worthy. The world wasn't even worthy of these people. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not, should not be made perfect. Praise God. And I always think about these pillars of the faith. These people who went through all of that. My God, what powerful callings they had on their lives. Praise God. Those are my heroes. Number six, protecting your anointing. Now, this one kind of goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Pray. First Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. If you don't receive a word, you can't speak one. We are mandated to always pray. The Christian walk is not a monologue with Christ listening to us. It's a dialogue with him listening and answering back. We have to be receptive to what he has to say. He will never say anything that, that, that contradicts his word. Hallelujah. He will never lead us into anything that contradicts his word. There is a prayer, yes, and then there is praying in the spirit. That's two different things. In spiritual warfare, praying in the spirit is an offensive weapon comparable to like an atomic bomb. Okay, Derek Prince Ministries teaches that. And <clears throat> I love Derek Prince Ministries. That is that is true. Ephesians 6:18 says this, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Your prayer life has to be a very active prayer life if you want to remain close to God because that's the whole point the point of all of this is to get close to God every week you on Valor Ministries call the whole point in a nutshell close to God seeing what the Lord has to say for you and living a life worthy of the kingdom we can't be religious we don't have time for that we need to cultivate a meaningful relationship with God let other people be religious we're not called to be religious we were called to have a relationship with God we have to pursue God the same way you pursue your significant other or the person you're interested in. You pursue God the same way. It's really no different. An unplanted seed will never grow. It will never be watered and receive the proper sunlight unless you first plant it. Then nurture it as it grows. Prayer is the same way. You got to start it and you got to keep going and then you will grow. It's the same way as that seed. The same way. Lastly, on this point, and I'm going to say this, and I don't want to offend nobody, but listen, I love y'all. I'm going to tell you straight up, okay? I'm not going to tell you anything that I wouldn't, you know, take heed to myself. And here's the deal. When it comes to prayer, do not, and I repeat this, do not let everyone who wants to lay hands on you, lay hands on you. I'm just being real. Not everybody has your best interest at heart. I hope I'm not offending anybody, but I'm just being straight up real with you. You got to use discernment and wisdom. Okay. Everyone seemingly trying to help you are not trying to help you. Evil exists in this world. As we all know, everyone who is smiling and praising God is not in your corner. Not at all. I think you know where I'm going for this. 
and, and so church you you gotta be careful i'm here to tell you and i'm gonna be real with you i have been out there on the street doing street ministry i'm passing out bibles i'm praying for people and some of my biggest my biggest um opponents guess where they come from the church <laughs> just honestly the church seriously and so i'm out there trying to you know put devils to flight and here comes some church folks with crazy doctrine while i'm out there ministering the word of god they want to try to oppose me while i'm trying to get folks to know who jesus is you have to be careful and then some of them they'll come up and they want to pray and lay hands on me i don't even know you bro you're gonna have to go somewhere else with that lord ain't told me that not at all no <laughs> i don't play that not me I, i'm not the one for that you gotta you gotta uh, kick rocks i'm not with it. and our final point point seven follow the word of god's instructions follow the word of god that's it follow the word of god second peter 1 verse 4 to 11 it says whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust and beside this giving all diligence add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity now watch this verse 8 for if these things be in you and abound they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ all those things i just read to you from verse 5 to 7 we got the diligence faith virtue knowledge temperance patience brotherly kindness brotherly kindness and charity to charity praise god verse 9 but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fail. Or ye shall never fall, I'm sorry. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Proverbs 3, it says, because we're talking about follow the god follow the word of god's instructions it says my son forget not my law but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee let not mercy and truth forsake thee bind them about thy neck write them upon the table of thine heart so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of god and man trust in the lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It should be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones. Proverbs 4 says, verse 20, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep that heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. And my final scripture tonight, 2 Timothy 2 verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly, rightly dividing the word of truth, which rightly dividing pretty much means straight or go straight, set it straight. So the bottom line, church, is we want to remain close to God, protect your anointing, protect your call. God is faithful. He will do it. He doesn't move. We move. We have to be faithful and make sure we get it done. And I want to pray right quick. 
<clears throat> Lord God, I just thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord God, for the listeners. I thank you, God, that even in speaking it, that it certainly blessed me. I pray for everyone on this line, Lord God, that God, I know that we will we will seek you diligently. And God, I thank you for blessing us to live up to our potential and to doing the things that you have called us to do. Help us, God, to put aside those things that might distract those stumbling blocks that are put in our way to even if it just eats up our time, Lord, so that we don't study enough. We don't pray enough. We don't seek you enough. God, help us, Lord God, to get everything moved out of the way that needs to be moved and help us, Lord God. To see you clearly in all that we do in Jesus' name. Amen. And I give the floor back to my sister. Amen. Amen. 